This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash check the locks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. to check the locks presents true crime for the short on time as always i'm john connor i'm olivia cornu saying thank you for joining us as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case before we get started olivia this is short on time 39 and we recently recorded episode 61 of our regular episodes so this is like our hundredth maybe hundredth and one recording session that is crazy. People always ask me how many episodes we have, and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like we're getting close to a hundred, but I can't do basic math. So I and I can never, I can't even remember what short on time we are on when we're recording. I always ask you when I'm done and saving it, like, where are we at? That's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations to you as well. It's one of those things too, where like we did like an episode eight point five, which was squatters in the attic. So we might be like a hundred and one, hundred and two, but we're right at that ballpark. So. I did think it was kind of crazy thinking back to a year ago when we started this, you know, it was like, hopefully this takes off. Hopefully this is something that Olivia likes doing with me, you know, stuff like that. And now here we are a hundred episodes later and the ball's still rolling. It's kind of cool. And I haven't let you down yet. Only sometimes. You haven't let me down once kid. Not once. Thanks. But this week is a short on time episode. I don't have time to be sentimental with you. We got to quit the Gabby Gabby, get to the stabby stabby. This week is my episode. When you took a look at the notes, have you heard of this at all? I have not, but I'm interested to hear about it. I hadn't heard of this case either until the recent development. So it was fun to kind of go back and learn about it. And then, you know, there's been a break in this case very, very recently. So I'm super excited to talk about it. What do you say? Should we just jump in? Yeah, let's get started. Awesome. So for this week, short on time, we are traveling to Burnsville, Minnesota, again, to cover some breaking news. Now, for our listeners, or if you're just not sure where Burnsville is, it is about 15 miles south of Minneapolis. Now, in 2022, the local police were interested in speaking to 56-year-old Troy Mittenis. Authorities in the area had been investigating some local mail theft, and some of the money that they were tracking had ended up in the account of Troy's mother, Sandra Mittenis. 
Now, since the money had ended up in her account, the police obviously wanted to speak with Sandra. Now, when Troy first spoke with them in 2022, he shared that his mother was in South Dakota on a trip at the time. And only a short time later, Troy would inform investigators that his mother had sadly passed away on June 14th of 2022. Now, around the same time, detectives decided they were going to conduct a search of Troy Mittenis' apartment. And while going through his belongings, they did indeed find Sandra's obituary. But something didn't feel right. So they decided to contact the funeral director who was mentioned in the obituary, only to find out that to their shock, the funeral director shared that he had never provided post-mortem care or funeral-related services to Sandra Mittness. Which I don't know about you, but that was very weird to me, where I'm like, you've got this obituary, but the person at the funeral home is being like, I don't know who this lady is, we never did anything. So like at the bottom of the obituary, they're basically like thanking them like this company and this mortician. And then so the detectives decided to call them and investigate. And he's like, I don't, I don't have any records of this person. Exactly. You know how like in an obituary, it'll be like, you know, was loving mother, father, leaves behind, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Services will be held at this place in lieu of flowers, right. blah, blah, blah. So they went to that place and they're like, we never did anything for this family. Speaking of uh, funeral directors, I did just watch the movie Bernie. I've thought about doing that case. Because it is so crazy. It's literally right outside my hometown, right in East Texas. It's funny. I mean, it's where Matthew McConaughey is from. I'm pretty sure he's from Carthage or really close to somewhere in East Texas. All right, all right, all right. Yes. Um, he's but, in it too. Anyways, sidetracked. I don't know if we should kind of save the talk on that one because I think that might be an interesting one. Maybe we could tag team it or maybe it's a good Patreon idea. Oh, yeah, it's a good Patreon that idea. Yeah. Now, as the detectives continued their investigation, they also found that none of Sandra's family or friends had seen her in several months. And when those friends asked Troy about what was going on, he shared that his mother had fallen down the stairs in June of 2022. And like good friends do, they wanted to visit Sandra in the hospital. But Troy shared then that it would be impossible because she had contracted COVID-19 after the accident. And again, according to Troy, his mother then passed away on the 14th of June. Now, police also learned that Troy Mittness offered to sell his mother's car to a relative almost immediately after her death. And apparently, Troy wanted it gone so badly that he had offered it up at a nearly free cost, which, again, I thought was kind of strange. It's like your mother passes away and the first thing that you're thinking about doing is selling her car and you want to get rid of it so bad you're giving away for almost nothing. Yeah, that's weird. And detectives thought so, too. In fact, the entire story felt highly suspicious. Now, they were able to track down the relative who owned Sandra's car, and they asked if they could do a forensic search, but they learned that that family member had actually sold the car to another third party. But luckily, the police were able to locate the new owner, and they agreed to a forensic examination of the vehicle. And it was while conducting their search that investigators located traces of blood in the trunk of the car. Now, flash forward to July 6th of this year. So we are recording this episode as of the 15th. So this was nine days ago. The police executed a search warrant on the home of Troy Mittness. And during their search, they found the indication of blood on the home's stairs as well as a mattress. Troy Mittness was arrested and charged with his mother's murder on July 10th. And while speaking to investigators, he admitted to committing the brutal crime. According to Troy, his mother had grown suspicious that he was spending all of her money and asked to see her financial statements. 
Police also learned that prior to Sandra's murder, Troy had done an internet search on how to poison an elderly person. But ultimately, he ended up stabbing Sandra in the heart with a kitchen knife on June 2nd, 2022. Sandra was sleeping in her bed and unaware of the tragedy that was about to befall her. According to Mitness, he then dismembered his mother's body and placed her remains into multiple plastic tote bins that he had in his garage. Then he loaded the tubs into his vehicle and drove from Burnsville to Appleton. Along the way, he dropped some of the remains in a ditch. Additionally, two of the totes were left behind the dumpster of an abandoned rest stop. However, the owner of that property had found the tubs and not knowing what they were, disposed of the bins in a burn pit. Now, currently, Troy Mittness is being held at the Dakota County Jail on charges of mail theft, aggravated forgery, and second-degree murder. Currently, his bond is set at $2 million, and the Dakota County attorney, Kathy Kena, has called the incident one of the most horrific and disturbing cases in her 34-year career. Jeez, some beats, John. What's with people killing their mothers? What's with people putting people in totes? Totes, yeah. I feel like we've done so many of these stories where they're like, yeah. I'll just I'm, put them in an old Rubbermaid. I mean, like the one of the little girl that lives lived down the street, basically from where I live, where her dad's girlfriend killed her and put her in a 10-gallon bucket. Chlorine bucket, yeah. yeah. That was intense. Yeah, I just don't get it. I believe it was like the Kelsey Barrett case that we did where her boyfriend had put her in the tubs, like went to Sonic and then took her and like dropped her remains off somewhere. And I mean, there's we've just done so many of them. Yeah. It's just crazy to think. I feel like Troy was just trying to get like money. I think feel like he just wanted financial gain from this. And I don't think it any it would matter who was standing in his way. And it was obvious when he tried to sell the car basically as soon as she died. And then it's just weird. Yeah, I guess during COVID people weren't visiting people in hospitals, so it's not that bizarre that he was like, Nope, she fell down the stairs, she's in the hospital, now she has COVID, you can't visit her. So that's not unrealistic, but I just don't get, I just don't understand. Yeah, but we talked about it in Monday's episode, right? Where like we live in an age of technology mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, maybe I can't go to the hospital, but I can FaceTime. Oh, we FaceTime to everybody. Can... WhatsApp, Snap, not Snapchatted, but any, I have every platform that you can video chat on because people couldn't see their loved ones. And so it's like, here, you like, it's been weeks and here, we'll just stand in here and let you video chat. Yeah, we used to do like virtual game nights, like we get a Zoom room going mm-hmm. and, you know, pull up like you don't know Jack or something like that and all play that. But it's like you have a million different ways to communicate now. So the fact that it's just like, nope, you can't see her, you can't FaceTime her, you can't do anything, you know, it's an immediate red flag for me. Yeah. It's a heavy hitter. Yeah. And I agree. I think this is a case where. Greed. It's greed. It's taking advantage of someone who's elderly. Like I'm draining my mom's bank account because she'll never think to look at it. Mm hmm. And then just one day she was like, "Mm, I feel like I should have more money. Let me see my bank statement. Right. You know, and you don't want your mom to charge you with, you know, theft or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, I don't know. It's crazy. I I definitely think it's a, uh, an overreaction if you, if you would. Oh yeah, for sure. But when we talk about deadbolt tests, where does this fall for you? What are you putting it at? I'm going to put it at a four. It's not too scary for me. It's the whole thing of like people killing their mothers. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to put it at a, I'll say a four as well. It didn't really freak me out. I'm not double checking my locks, but, you know, it makes me grateful that like my wife and I have a joint account where we can see what we're spending. You know what I mean? It's just like, it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of weeks ago you did a short on time that had like two stories in one case. Mm -hmm. And one of those stories was Margaret Craig, 
And her granddaughter, Salia Hardy, had rung up some charges on her credit card. And Candace, her daughter, got into an argument. And then the mother and the granddaughter essentially killed the grandma. It was just, again, put her in tubs, put her in the basement. and Right. I don't get over some money. Yeah, like just be mad, figure it out, move on. Don't trust them anymore, but don't kill them. Don't kill your own Small mother. Small claims court. Yeah. You know? Go on like uh, Judge Judy or whatever. No, I definitely agree with you. Like, I, I think the story is sad. I thought it was very interesting the way that they work so diligently to tie it back to Troy Mitness. But this is not something where, like, before I go to bed tonight, I'm checking my locks. So Yeah, same. Coming in at four, I think it's a, a, a good solid base. Yeah. Well, that is where we fall on the deadbolt test for this week's short on time. Olivia and I are both giving it fours, but we want to know where does the murder of Sandra Mittness fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Find us on Instagram at check the locks pod. You can find us on Twitter at check the locks. If you're on threads, we're hanging out there as well. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us. We'd love to get to know you. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting check the locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks to get signed up today. Got a lot of great tiers, a lot of great benefits, exclusive stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs, all sorts of stuff. Plus you get the episodes ad free and early. So if you love what we do, but you hate commercials, that's the way to go. So again, that's patreon.com forward slash check the locks. And if you can't financially support the show, we definitely get it. We totally understand. We say it every week, but just listening to the show and sharing it with your friends and family helps just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're listening, you're sharing what we do with the people that matter to you. Just know that we appreciate that more than we could ever put into words. That's how the show is going to continue to grow and expand on our community. That is all that we have for this week's case. But remember, please make sure that you're subscribed to check the locks in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week. Adios. 100 episodes, 100 episodes.